Hey, this is Sean Leary, and welcome back to QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities, offering uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. And today, my guest once again is Bridget Airman, who is from the Save the Courthouse Coalition. Um, I'm not sure if that's the official name of it, but that's essentially what they're trying to do, is they're trying to save the courthouse and um, get it so that it is purchased by a private developer and is renovated into something new. There is another contingent of people who would prefer to um, demolish the courthouse and turn it into a green space from what I gather. And I say from what I gather because um, I have not been able to coerce anyone from that side into coming on this show now normally uh, those of you who have listened to this podcast for a while know that i always try to get both sides of the story and that's one of the great things about this podcast is that since it is unedited uncensored i can just i just press record and i talk to people that's it that way people can hear the entire conversation in context they can get all the information they can agree or disagree with me or agree or disagree with my guests i try to play devil's advocate as much as possible in terms of the people that i'm talking to and offer a counterpoint so that they can correct me or they can you know counter me or they can be proven wrong in some instances so Originally, my idea was to have both someone from both sides of this issue on the podcast. However, I was declined by um, three different people that I contacted uh, on the county board or former county board members, and they all declined an invitation to come on the show. I also put an open invitation out on Facebook. And I'm friends with a few people on the board on Facebook. I had other people kind of spread the word around to try and get somebody from the other side on the show, just to be fair. And no one did, appeared to do so last time, so I talked to Bridget alone. Well, same thing has happened now. Um, we've seen a number of different events come along in this case, and it has changed in my mind, it's changed considerably, at least in, I think, public perception as well as in my perception. And again, I put out a call to a number of people to come on the show to try and explain their positions. They have not wanted to do so. Um, they have appeared on other media in sound bites and in limited quotations, but they have not wanted to appear or have not um, made any effort to appear on this show, which would offer everything in context and a full conversation in regard to the topic, as opposed to, you know, a couple minutes on the evening news and chopped up into sound bites, which I don't think serves the public anywhere near as much as a conversation of this nature would. Um, Bridget has graciously agreed to appear on the show again and face the firing squad such as it is thank you very much bridget <laughs> you're welcome thanks for having me sean and um so we're going to talk about where things are at right now uh last time we talked as i mentioned i didn't know a whole lot about the situation and my initial reaction was well why don't we you know get rid of it and pave it over and make it a green space isn't such a bad idea um I don't see, you know, I didn't have any strong feelings one way or the other. Well, then I looked into it more and I talked to Bridget and talked to a few other people. Um, and I talked to folks on the other side off the record, so to speak. Um, and their, their side didn't have quite as compelling of an argument. And the thing that I mentioned is being a fiscal conservative, being somebody who's looking out for 
um, my own ta- my own selfish needs <laughs> as a taxpayer, um, I'd like to see some money made on this. And it seems as if selling this off to the highest bidder would be a fantastic idea because it would bring money in. Oddly enough, there are a number of other people on the county board who agree with me, and there are a number of people here in the city of Rock Island who agree with me, in addition to Bridget. Why don't we talk a little bit about some of the folks who have come forward to support your position, and where were they at before? I mean, were they kind of neutral, like Mike Tomes? I know Mayor of Rock Island has come forward to to kind of take your position. Um, Drew Milkey, you had mentioned, who's also on the county board, a couple of other folks on the county board. Where were they at before? Were they kind of neutral on it? And what kind of turned them around to go in your direction, Bridget? Um, I think the legal issues are um, really the the main thing that um, have uh, has turned the tide in this situation. Um, There are several laws that are being violated um, by demolition because of the fact that um, the county didn't, um, you know, achieve all the legal steps that were necessary for demolition. Um, Demolition currently um, violates state law. Um, So, uh, Mike Tomes, for example, since he's the mayor of Rock Island, it, um, and Rock Island would need to issue a demolition permit to the county, he's had to get involved because he cannot issue that demolition permit because it would be illegal. So he's had to take a stand, um, you know, in order to prevent the city from getting sued um, for you know an illegal demolition. Um, so you know his um, interest in that is you know, is to save, uh, you know, to, to save his taxpaying citizens from a lawsuit. Um, when it comes to, um, other board members who have changed their minds, they are also concerned about the legal issues. Um, there has been a lawsuit that's been filed, uh, by Landmarks Illinois, um, which is, a the largest um, nonprofit agency in um, the state of Illinois that um, deals with these kinds of um, uh, these kinds of issues, and so they've partnered with the National Trust for Historic Preservation um, and several local groups um, here um, in order to um, uphold, you know, the law and make sure that the county upholds the law. Um, and you know, it, it is it is very um, exciting to see that, you know, finally, um, you know, people are coming together to kind of see the taxpayers be, you know, vindicated a little bit. Um, we've, we've had some, some issues with, um, you know, the county overspending, um, in the last 10 years, you know, they've built a lot of expensive new buildings, um, and they've raised our taxes, um, you know, quite a bit. And mm-hmm. this is kind of a pattern of behavior. And, you know, we'd like to see, um, see them start to look at the taxpayers' interests, start to look at, um, you know, uh, this courthouse as a asset. Um, we have multiple offers um, to buy the building, and we'd like to see um, the county consider those offers, um, because that's, that's what the law, um, 
you know, requires basically that they cannot tear it down without first looking at reuse options. Um, so the lawsuit is going to address those issues. And this is a bipartisan, what, what I found fascinating, when I first talked to you, there weren't as many people on your side, so to speak. I think it's more people might, like myself. I mean, I was fairly ignorant to the issue. Um, I knew only the briefest of outlines. And once I found out more about it, it, to me, the more information that comes out there, the more, like you said, this is illegal. This should be, you know, you should you can't just demolish the, the courthouse. You should put it up for bids. Um, and then if there are no bids, if there's no realistic bids, if there's no money on the table, well, then go ahead and demolish it. But if somebody's going to offer, I think we were talking about like $13 million or something like that was the number that one of the developers was looking at. I'm not, I, I can't remember. I think it was around there. Well, if somebody's going to offer $13 million for it and it's going to develop it and you get it in contract and you have them down as, you know, this is what they're going to do with it, et cetera, et cetera, and they're going to bring it up to code, I, I fail to see where that's not a good thing, honestly. And I think as more people are learning about this, aside from the legal issues, I think as more people are learning about, hey, we've got an offer on the table here. We've got multiple offers on the table here. Why aren't we going to sell this as opposed to paying to demolish it? Okay, we, we can either get money or we can pay out money. Well, gee, I think I'd rather get money into the coffers for the county because it's going to help taxpayers more. Um, talk a little bit about that and how you felt the tide kind of change since we've had since we had our last podcast since we talked just a few weeks ago and another thing i want you to touch upon is the fact that this is very bipartisan which is is interesting to me is i um i know a lot of the republicans on the the count on the uh the county board and mike Tomes obviously is a republican are very much for free enterprise of selling it off and selling giving giving it to the highest bidder to have them you know uh renovate it but then also there are a number of democrats um that are also on the side of um of having it renovated let's talk a little bit first about how things have changed and then um the bipartisan aspect of it as well yeah, I mean it is a uh, a bipartisan thing because I mean when it when it comes to um, what's best for our county, I mean I think we've got we've got both parties. Um, you know, this issue is is not something that that is a partisan issue. You're right. Um, and as far as um, purchasing the courthouse um, and offers that are in, um, there are five offers. Um, for redevelopment of the courthouse. Now, none of them have given a, a a purchase price, but what they have done is outlined how much money they are willing to, you know, put into the project. So, um, you know, the only reason why a purchase price has not been um, negotiated is because the county refuses to, uh, you know, refuses to um, basically sell it. They have um, not. Um, agreed that they they want to give up the land um so um but what but what developers have agreed to do is to put their millions into it um joe lemon for example looked at the um bid for um estes construction that that they did to restore it and he um was going off of that and um you know put in an offer um for you know 
putting money into it and then ask the county what what is the sale price that they would want to sell it for and the county has not responded um, because they don't want to sell it um, so you know that that is the frustrating piece that they they want to spend our tax dollars to tear it down and won't entertain you know um, these offers from developers who would put millions into our you know, into our county in terms of jobs in the short term for renovation and then jobs in the long term if it becomes, you know, or when it becomes a tax paying entity. So, um, you know, the most, uh, you know, the most responsible course of action um, that would follow the law and, and what the lawsuit is asking is that the county, um, you know, look at reuse options and, you know, consider these five proposals and see which one makes the most sense to them. Right now, they'd, um, they're they they're choosing to um, ignore the five proposals and um, are, are saying that they would prefer to tear it down and citing things like security concerns um, that, you know, make you kind of wonder what um, really what they're ulterior motives are because the security concerns that have come up lately are it, it seem kind of fictitious in nature things like snipers and homeless camps are the things that they're citing for the reason that they need to tear down um the courthouse and and that's concerning to me that you know that this kind of fear-mongering is going on when we have an opportunity to bring millions into our our struggling county and and that's the thing our county is struggling we are having businesses moving out we're having people move out because the taxes are too high and and if we keep raising taxes and we're not thinking about the bottom line of our citizens it's it's going to keep happening yeah, you bring up um, the sniper issue, which I think is on all of our minds, Bridget. Um, looking at what an incredible hive of drugs and debauchery and snipery has taken place at the church across the street, which has been at me for quite a while. And up in that bell tower, I mean, there's at least two or three sniper attacks a week. And so I think it, it could only get worse over if, you know, if the courthouse becomes vacant. So... Of course, I'm being sarcastic because how long has that church across the... When I read that, I was thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously. I mean, this is ridiculous. Just let, put it on the table. This is ridiculous. This, I mean, I could see them if they had some other some other argument against it. You know, oh, we have a bigger bed. Or we, it, it would be better if we developed it and we, we leveled it and, you know, kind of like the Walmart thing. If we level it, we'll get more money for it or something like that. I can see that as being a reasonable antecedent to what you're proposing. Or, oh, they, we, they're not showing us the money or blah, 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 blah. Something like that. But sniper attacks, really? I mean, you know, there's literally a church. There's literally an empty building right across the street, which used to be a church, which has been empty for years years and it has a bell tower in it which would think you would think that if there was a proliferation of sniper attacks in rock island which i don't recall there being any sniper attacks in rock island in ever in the last several decades so this does seem like a really strange stretch or a really strange excuse to give has there been any sort of um Counter, counterpoint to those arguments because they just do they just seem incredibly ridiculous has there been any public counter argument to the whole sniper 
and you know homeless uh, homeless uh, people turning it into a hotel type of issue. I mean, because again, they both both seem a little a little implausible to be to be generous. I mean, as far as how the public feels about it, I mean, I think your reaction is um, pretty typical of how people respond when they when they hear Sheriff Bustos saying that a sniper attack is something we should be concerned about. Um, I guess I'm more concerned about what why he is so desperate to tear down this building that, um, you know, there's five offers to develop, um, you know, and. It's, it's something that um, we need to look at as taxpayers. We need to look at how our elected officials are spending our money. We need to look at, you know, really what, um, what, what is going on. Lucrative um, government contracts are something that elected officials have the ability to give out. And, you know, like I said earlier, we've, they've, um, they've built a lot of new buildings in the last 10 years. They've built the first Justice Center Annex about 10 years ago. Then they built the new Hope Creek um, nursing home, which we can't afford. Then, um, obviously, just this last year, they built the second Justice Center Annex, which, again, was grossly overpriced, um, you know, more than twice the standard cost of um, a new building, like, for example, Western Illinois building, um, a building here in the Quad Cities, a state-of-the-art new building that's um, more than twice the um, square footage of the new courthouse, um, and it's, you know, less than, it's it's like half the cost. Um, So basically, it just kind of shows that when you give out a government contract with taxpayer dollars, it it you know it tends to be a little bit more lucrative so it really kind of gains politicians um some clout with groups in the community and so they can kind of use it to kind of um bolster their own political clout with these groups um with our tax dollars and um you know that is something that we don't have a say over um as citizens we um, should you know it, it, it's a legal requirement um, for the uh, county to have a referendum if they're going to build a new courthouse, um, but they didn't do that. You know what they did was find a backhanded way to do it. Um, they called it, you know, as I mentioned, a justice center annex instead of a new courthouse, so that they they could build it without a referendum because um, the voters voted down building a new one multiple times, so they kind of had to go around. Um, You know, it's just unfortunate because all the estimates to rehab and restore the historical courthouse were um, about half the price of building a new one. Um, So it it just goes to show that they're not making the most responsible choices with our tax dollars, and, and we really kind of need to be paying more attention to the choices that they're making and why they're making them. Let's talk a little bit about that. There, like as I mentioned, and you said, there are a number of people who are on the board who are against this. Have they? I'm assuming they voted against these decisions. Am I correct in assuming that? Uh, voted against what decisions? The decision to build the new justice annex. The decision to level the courthouse, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I mean, and there has there's this has been a controversial issue, and that's why I that's why I do 
kind of understand um, where some of the board is coming from in that well one there is there is too many <laughs> there's too many board members there's there's not enough knowledge um, of you know of what's going on but um, before I got involved apparently it was just years and years of um, trying to figure out how to solve this this problem basically um, the judge even before Chief Judge Broad was trying to sue the county board for not maintaining the courthouse they had not maintained the historical courthouse they weren't doing necessary updates like you know new um, you know, new heating and air, things like that. People would complain about the temperature not being regulated, but then the county didn't do anything about it. Things like that, you know, caused problems. And, um, you know, what ended up happening was they chose the most expensive solution to the problem um, because, you know, the committee that they got together to f try to fix the courthouse situation um, was composed of local businessmen who you know, had something to gain from building a new courthouse rather than renovating. So, um, you know, when you go back and look through all of the um, county board minutes, the whole saga is outlined, and um, it's a fairly interesting read. Um, it, it sounds kind of dry to read through years of board minutes, but it is fairly interesting when you start to piece it all together. Um, I'm putting it on my beach list for next summer, Bridget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I would. The hell with Danielle Steele. I want to hold the county board minutes. So they're all they're all on the county board's website. Not to mention when women in their bikinis are walking by and seeing me reading the county board minutes. Well, forget it. They're <laughs> yes, it's gonna be a, the line starts to the left, ladies. Well, you know, it, it is. I the one thing that a lot of a lot of county board members did, you know, the criticism they've given to the people who you know have brought investors and the people who have been trying to save this. They said, "Well, where were you when we were um, we were trying to figure out the situation?" And um, you know. It is true. I wasn't reading through the county board minutes at that time. Yeah, where were you, Bridget? <laughs> That's what they keep asking me. Where was I? Yeah. It's too yeah, thanks a lot now, Bridget. But, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, I got involved as soon as I found out about it. And apparently I hadn't been reading the local papers enough. Um, there was some articles about it, but it, it, it wasn't, there wasn't enough to catch the public's mm -hmm. attention. Nobody really knew that this was going to be something that happened until... Um, until basically it was too late because they said an artificial deadline that, you know, they said it's too late. And, you know, and even though we've brought in investors who are willing to invest millions, um, that artificial deadline that they set, um, so they say has come and gone. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I guess to to close all of this up on a happy note, that is, you know, that's what the lawsuit is going to address. And, um you know, I, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, that the, the taxpayers will be vindicated and that, you know, we will get a chance to make some money off of this um, this historic resource that we've been supporting with our tax dollars, um, you know, since, since it was built in 1896. So um, it is a taxpayer-owned property. We're the ones who have been supporting it, and, and we're... Um, you know, the ones that hopefully are going to be vindicated by this lawsuit. So where do things go from here? We'll, we'll, I'm not going to quite close it off on the happy note that you offered. And so let's, let's do another happy note. Possibly. I don't know. May not be happy. It's up to you, Bridget. This is how you close it. What, what's, where do you go from here on this? Well, I mean, what the law dictates, um, you know, is that, so 
basically um, what the, the things that the lawsuit is addressing is that um, the county, by, demo, by demolishing this structure, would be violating state historic preservation laws um, that dictate that you need to look for reuse possibilities. So, um, you know, what Joe, one of the investors, Joe Lemon, is calling for is a blue ribbon panel of, um, you know, people who would be interested in this. Basically, um, you know, people from the city of Rock Island, because it, it um, is in the city of Rock Island, people from the county, because, you know, um, the county uh, currently owns the land. And then, you know, developers and anybody else that has interest in the courthouse to kind of try to figure out that situation. So I think that um, since that's what the law dictates, um, I, I'm hoping that that's, that's the outcome of this lawsuit. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for appearing again on the show. I appreciate it. Um, now that, that this is, you know, become more prominent in the media, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and I'm intrigued to see what happens. And so I wish you the best. And as a taxpayer here in Rock Island, I certainly hope that the county does the right thing. And at this point, the right thing certainly seems like putting it up for private bid seeing how much money we can get into the coffers if if they're wanting to sell it if they're not wanting to renovate it if they've already replaced it let's sell the building let's see how much money we can get for it i think tax most taxpayers myself included look at it as a commercial enterprise at this point so why not throw it out there and if joe is look and num a number of others are wanting to get some sort of commission put together and perhaps the commission ends up, you know, making more money for the county, then that's fantastic. And for the city, too, when it comes down to it, because it's going to help the city taxes. So, again, thanks a lot for uh, for um, appearing on the show. And once more, um, the door's open. If anybody else, you know, is listening to this and, you know, curse you, Sean Leary, for only having one side of the situation. Well, curse you for not coming on my damn show. So the door is open. Sean Leary at SeanLeary.com. Sean at QuadCities.com. I'm on all social media as SeanLeary007. I have, again, approached a number of county board members on the opposite side of this issue and invited them to come on my show to discuss it at length and offer me their counter proposals, their side on things, their story on things. Because I would be curious to hear it. So the door's open, folks. If you want to come on the show, please contact me and let me know. Whether you want to come on solo or you want to be on at the same time as Bridget or someone else um, to have a debate. Either way, it'd be cool with me. So, But I do appreciate, Bridget, I do appreciate you coming on, regardless of having anybody else to debate. Whatever. So. Once again, thank you so much for listening to QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities, because we and we alone offer long-form discussion, uncensored, unedited, uncut, with local newsmakers talking about issues that you care about. I'm Sean Leary. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.